Welcome to the Real Deal of Parenting podcast with Abby Johnson and Regan Long. This show covers all things pertaining to motherhood with authenticity, insight, and a healthy dose of humor with topics from a Christian perspective, ranging from the everyday challenges of raising kids of all ages to high profile issues and current events facing families. There's something for everyone. We've got a great new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Okay, good morning, guys. Good morning. Live. Man, it is not fair this morning. Why how good Abby looks in that I'm like rocking a yellow scrunchie, rocking an orange <laughs> top. Scrunchies are in. Scrunchies are in. And you know, I don't I don't even I don't own a scrunchie, but they're in. Are, they're from I swear it's from my girls, but like <laughs> I enjoy them. But it takes a strong, confident woman to come on. <laughs> Like this, I'll tell you what, Abby. I, I don't know. I'm just getting too old for for like traveling. I guess the kids and I. Um, you had a big travel away. though. You had a big travel. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, we live in North Carolina. We went to Pennsylvania, so it is like eight and a half hours of travel. But when you add on time to stop for gas, and when you add on time to pee with the kids, and then you got to get food. It's like, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, which I'll never do it again. I thought, you know what, I'm going to leave at like 6pm, because it'll be a couple hours, and then the kids will go to sleep and the drive will be great. Well, I don't know. I was literally doing everything. I was praying to keep myself awake at the wheel. Like, and literally it ruined the whole trip. I was so exhausted every day from just not catching up. And so I only got like two to three hours of sleep that night. And then yeah, it's a lot traveling with kids, right? It is. It is. So it's still, yeah, we got back yesterday and I'm still like, just trying to recover. <laughs> It's a lot. Well, you need like a, when you vacation with kids, when you come back, you need a vacation. Totally. I'm like, like from vacationing with kids that like, that's how I feel. I literally, I, I went and I lay down on the bed and the kids were catching up with my husband and I'm just like, I didn't just keep them alive. I'm just, I'm just going to lay down. Don't let anyone joke. Yeah. Don't would hurt each other I don't and then of course the house like this morning the house was a mess and there's sauce and food everywhere and dish and I'm just like oh well it's okay yeah yeah <laughs> oh lord so that yeah. so so that was my that was my couple days that were um you know eventful they were good it was a good visit but it's just exhausting and then when you take like the baby who is two I could handle twin eight month old babies better than a two year old at homes that are not baby proof. Right. You know, you go to different homes to visit. They have no baby toys. They're not baby. proof. That is hard. Yeah. It's like, it's its own workout. It really is. So that is hard. Yeah. That is hard. Um, yeah, but you are back home. You're back home in North Carolina. I'm home, and I'm a creature of habit. And so I'm like, I'm doing the dishes and the laundry and cleaning and organizing and putting things away where they need to be put. And then my kids start back to one of my son starts middle school next week. And so he has his middle school orientation today. And then my little girls have their open house for elementary tomorrow. And I'm just like, I'm so ready to get back into a routine. You know, every parent yeah. itches for that, like when their kid goes back, it's like the whole family, it forces everyone to get onto a routine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm yearning for it. So yeah. I Well, um, where you got, I, I would love, we would love to know where you guys are listening from today. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh you know, any, any updates in your part of the world? Um, and this is a good Abby. I, and I actually, I sent this to you and your husband last night. I don't know if you and Doug got to read this when we're talking, cause we have, we have amazing people all over the globe and Abby and I are going to talk about later some of the things that are going on, but 
a mother who's pregnant with her second child sent me a message. A per this isn't like- Oh, I did read it. Yeah, I did. So this was a direct message to me. She wants to remain anonymous. She's a US citizen. She moved to Australia four years ago for a job, married in Australian, born and raised. They have one child, their second baby's on the way. And she said, I just don't know what to do. I'm reaching out to you you know, with Abby and I, with our platform, she's like, it seems like you're a good place because, you know, people, Abby, like with, with the internet, it's like, oh, this is fact check. That's not true. That's right. why everything tries to get shut down. And she's like, please, like people need to pray for us. People need to know what is happening in Australia. And she went on to share how horrific it is. The lockdowns are so severe and the police involvement is to the point um she said like your your friendly your friendly neighbor is calling the cops on you because you have a person over to visit and the police are involved in, in that respect she said this is and a lot of people get offended by this abby but i'm quoting her words we're seeing direct parallels i mean she she compared it to the Holocaust and, and the stages, you know, before that and, and what's happening. And my heart is just breaking. And she talked about people know Abby and I are Catholic. She is a fellow Catholic. She said what's happening in the churches over there. Um, it looks like they possibly could be moving towards. They're not even going to let the unvaccinated in. It's just, oh, heaven have mercy. Well, OK, so people. Yeah. Um, there was a woman, I don't know if you've seen it, Reagan. There was a woman who, uh, she was actually a Holocaust survivor and she used to give talks actually when, oh, she may have passed away by now, but she used to give talks. Um, I, I, I'm being disrespectful because I, I didn't look up her name, but, um, talking about. I've seen her. Yeah, just the cutest um, elderly woman. But she used to give talks, and I, I it was one of the most um, enlightening talks I ever heard um, because she did give a comparison um, of and, and and a lot of things that she talked about. You know, uh, you know, you read history books, and you you know you you know read texts, um, but when you hear an actual person, a survivor, you hear their experiences of what took place. And, and she was in Austria and, you know, she said, people, people think that, uh, you know, Hitler came in with like rolling tanks and, and guns and, you know, just sort of took over Austria. That was not the way it was. I mean, they elected him. Right. And and then people hear that and they go, why would you ever do that? Why would you elect, you know, Adolf Hitler? Um, and she goes in to explain that. And I, I need to I have that talk. Actually, we should we should share that on our page because it was so interesting and, and, and not even to inflame anyone, but just historically. I learned so much from listening to her because she talked about, um, you know, the Bible talks about how cunning, right? How cunning the devil is. And, um, and really that's what she talked about in, in Hitler, how cunning he was, how cunning his works were and how he came in, you know, promising these things. And, and Austria was uh, a very, you know, Catholic uh, country. And the day that Hitler was elected, um, the next day, people were not allowed to go to, they were not allowed to read the Bible in schools anymore. And that had been part of their education. That had been part of their religious education. And all of a sudden they didn't have religious education anymore. Um, now it was all physical education. Um, and it was, you know, preparing them, um, essentially it was getting them fit, right? right. And uh, preparing them to fight. And so it, it was really interesting, and, but they didn't see what was happening. 
at the time. They didn't they didn't see what uh, what Adolf Hitler was preparing them to do. And it was just like this very like subtle brainwashing. But one of the most interesting things to me, Reagan, was when she talked about neighbors turning on neighbors and how they did it through the Gestapo. And, you know, I think we all, everybody sort of knows, like, I mean, you think everybody knows um, what the, what the Gestapo um you know, what the Gestapo is. Um, but it was interesting because uh, she said that when people would die, you know, you got rations, right? So people, once Adolf Hitler took over, everyone got rations. So you got, you know, a certain uh, ration of sugar or flour or something like that. And so she said, um, one the example that she used was like, if someone died in your family, um, you know, you got a very little amount of food for your own family. So let's say, you know, your grandmother died, you may take her voucher to go get her ration of sugar before they found out that she died, right? Because you're supposed to turn those rations in when someone dies, but you may go and use her voucher before they find out to get her ration of sugar because your family really needs it. Right. right? right. Well, the Gestapo may find out. And so they would come to you and they would say, you know, uh, we found out that, that you used your grandma's ration of sugar and that's an offense. And we could turn you into the government for this and you would get fined and you would get in a lot of trouble and you could go to jail for that. But we won't turn you in this time. But instead, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to turn into an informant for the government. And that was how they started getting neighbors to turn against neighbor. Wow. And... I found that so interesting. I have a, a dear friend uh, named Ignatius that lives in Australia and uh, he has a girlfriend there named Grace and he, <laughs> and he kept talking to me about how bad the lockdowns were. Right. And I, he lives in Sydney and I, and every time he would call me, uh, you know, back a while ago, he would call me and sometimes he would be over at Grace's house and lately he's been calling me and I said, you know, why? I said, where's Grace? What's going on? I never, you know, I never see Grace anymore. You're never at her house anymore. And he said, I can't go over there. And I said, why not? And he said, oh, because of the lockdowns. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, I can't go over there. He said, if you go over to your friend's house, people will tell on you. Isn't that just... And he said, I can't, I can't go over to her apartment because people will tell that I'm over there. I mean, that's insane to me. But it happened here in the U.S. too because I, a friend of mine had people over at her house and one of their neighbors, uh, they, they had like, I don't know, five or six people or something over her house when you weren't supposed to have, you know, that many people over. Right. And they called the cops. On, on her. So it was happening here too. Not to that extent. Right. right. But I mean that that's the whole that's the whole thing. Neighbor telling on neighbor, like us being snitches. And then, you know, on Facebook it was happening where, you know, you're supposed to turn in your friends for being extremist, right? And what justifies an extremist? I mean, we're probably extremists according to Facebook. Yeah, totally. Well, I saw and there's so many things you and I want to cover, but this just these segues i saw i think it was from the world health organization did you see the um the list of things that we need to be on the lookout for that are acts of terror right now oh i think we're terrorists now yes and people <laughs> weren't sure when they first saw this abby if it was if they people thought it was a joke like it was created yeah. like someone created something oh oh no it, it wasn't, it's, it's actually very real, but anyway, so these, um, these acts of someone who could be defined as a, as a terrorist, um, uh, 
what was it? It's they believe that there was election fraud. Um, there can't be any talk of of Trump's reinstatement. Um, someone who goes against um, like vaccination policy, like is you know with 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 this pandemic, um, talking about it said something with like religion, like religion or religious holidays. I want to find the exact thing. And literally the three or four things listed, like is Abby and I to a T. So yeah. I laughed. I'm like, should you take us in now? Like, should we just like, just here? <laughs> like, yeah, take us. Okay. Now, uh, but hold on. We're right? terrorists, Terrorist? but the Taliban oh, Heavenly Father. needs to figure out how they fit into international policy. According to the white house press secretary. I'm like, they're terrorists. They don't fit into international policy. They're terrorists. It's what's what's happening. I think everyone you have to be living under a rock right now if if you don't realize what's happening in Afghanistan. And it, it happened so quickly. And I only I can only watch a few clips, honestly, because it's more than it's more than enough. And all I can do is just go and pray. But what is what is happening? I we almost I feel like we're in a bad sci-fi movie. I feel like we're living in this. Do you know what I mean, Abby? Like this isn't real. This can't be real life. And with for those who don't know, when you know Biden pulled all of the troops out, it was immediate that the Taliban took over and were 48 hours and 48 hours they took over. And what's happening right now is unthinkable to, to these poor people and women and children are being persecuted and going through the unthinkable. It's almost, I mean, I don't, there's right now, like me and my, I don't know what to do besides pray because it's, um, it's devastating. And then I'm watching these videos of men and women like running and fleeing and holding their children and these little, like, they're just little, they just have no clue what's going on. And it's basically, I mean, it's basically every parent's worst nightmare. I mean, so yeah, I don't know. All we can do is all we can do is pray. I mean, I mean that's all. I mean, that's really all you can do. I mean, it was a, it was a, and I feel, you know, I, I feel, um, I, I'm certainly, I, you know, I'm not an expert on, for, you know, foreign affairs or any, you know, anything like that. Uh, far from it. Um. I feel, you know, heartbroken for these, these women. Um, of course. I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine, I, I cannot imagine what they're going through, but I also feel so freaking angry at these Afghani men at this at the Afghan at the Afghan get Afghani government who allowed the Taliban we were there for 20 years getting them prepared right i mean I, and I, look i think the way that biden pulled out was wrong okay but we could not stay there forever okay i mean i think the way that he did it was wrong i mean like don't get me wrong but i like we are not the 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 world police, okay? We cannot stay in every country forever. That's not our job to be the world police. And we were there for 20 years preparing the Afghani government to be self-sustainable. And then within 48 hours they allow the Taliban to take over 48 hours. They, they don't even fight for their own women and children. 
They don't even fight for their own government. They just roll over and allow the Taliban to do this to their own women. And I, I'm so I'm I'm like, what in the world? What kind of men are you? Right. What kind of government is this? And and I'm like, you don't even respect your women. Right. You know, these own men, they don't true. even respect their women. And and so I'm just I'm I'm angry. Like I'm I'm angry that that honestly we've even put ourselves in a position that the United States continues to put ourselves in a position where we feel like we are this global police authority, you know, and I know, you know, partially we do it to protect ourselves and, and all this kind of stuff, but it's, it's just, it, it's frightening. And I, anyone who knows even a little bit about Abby and I realized that she and I, especially is empathetic mothers would do anything we could for anyone. Like I hate it. I hate it for these women. And now we're yeah. going to allow 30. Now I just read, we're going to allow 30,000. So that of, yes. of these, of these immigrants and, and who are they? It's not women and children. So my daughter said last night, we were talking, I was talking about this with my husband and our oldest daughter, 13 had said, well, you know, so what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to help them? And we had talked about, you know, like, oh, so some are now going to come over. And she said, okay, well, but is, is that safe for us? And I said, here's the thing, honey, same thing with, with, with the border, right? Yes, we're, we're, we're helping and rescuing some many innocent women and children. Okay. Yes, we are. But there are so many bad guys getting into i mean just putting it in in children's terms there's there's many bad guys getting into and yes as a mother um do i think if, if abby and i were in any position no matter if it's where she and i live now if we are in another country if we are anywhere abby and i i mean if you mess with the mama bears cubs they will do whatever they need to do to protect them at all costs it doesn't matter if you think it's right or wrong, that's what she and I would do, like most mothers. But so do I think I'd, yes, I would do anything to protect my children. That said, yes, it makes me so uneasy and frightened because of what's leaking in with innocent women and children. You know what I mean? Yes, I want to help everyone. I Like, I don't want to see anyone scared for their lives every moment of every day. But my gosh, all these, what, what's coming into our country too is just, it's frightening. The infiltration, literally, like figuratively, <laughs> metaphorically, and actually like, I'm meaning it, what's, what's filtering in the evil is, I don't know, I feel yeah, like- Yeah, but when, people don't want, people don't want to say that. And that, no, and that's- people believe it. They, they don't but that, but that's you know, but that's what I'm willing to say that people are like, Abby, you're so mean. Nobody's willing to say it, but I'm willing to say it. Like, my primary vocation is to protect my family, right? Right. Sure. Yeah. My my prime. When God put me on this earth, when God puts all of us on this earth, He gives us a vocation, right? right? My vocation is to be a wife and a mother right? That's it. Okay. My, my, and if I do that well, then that will also be of service to other people. Right. Right. It's, it's the mother Teresa quote, right? Like everyone That's right. wants to help the world start by going and go in your own home. Like my own domestic yes. church, right? Yes. That's, that's where I serve first. My primary vocation is not to serve others before I serve my own family. Right. My primary vocation is to serve right here first. Right. And if I do that well, then I will be able to serve others well. Right. But if I allow danger to come in first, then I'm not serving my family well. 
And so nobody nobody wants to say that. Like everybody wants to be like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta help you, you know, you gotta help everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And and like, you know, damn your family, right? Even even if they're even if they're coming in, you know, you gotta help everybody else first because everybody else is hurting. Everybody else is hurting. I mean, I know they may be terrorists. I know, but like, but think of how much they're hurting, right? No, mm-mm. I know they may be hurting, but my primary vocation is to protect these people that God has entrusted to me. Right. And that's it. That is my primary vocation. And if the people that are coming across this border, the people that are coming into this country are potentially going to hurt those people that God has entrusted to me, then I don't want them here. Right. Right. Period. Right. And and people aren't willing to say that because they're like, it just seems mean. It but sounds mean. Not you unchristian. It's not mean. That's right. what's biblical. Right. It's a, right. 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 Like God, family, others right. like that. Like that is biblical. That's how we should be living. And if we were all living that way, if everybody was living that way, then we would be in 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 a a much more peaceful situation as a nation if everybody was willing to protect themselves and and protect their own families then that would start to like trickle out right but we aren't doing that it 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 is and i feel like you know when you mentioned earlier um about, you know, when you were talking about the Holocaust and just how, you know, uh, comparing, you know, Hitler, how sly he was and how it, it, that's how like Satan is. And I feel like what's so hard, I feel like right now, Abby and I, you and I have a really good sense, like a very clear vision of what is happening, right? And it, all around us. And it seems appalling while, while for so many we feel like there's a veil. There's something that's foggy that they're not able to see. And yet so many of us are able to see it with perfect vision. And it's, I, it's just, I don't know. I, it's, it's scary. It's just scary to me. And I feel like how many episodes have we said this? And I feel like if you look back a couple weeks and then a couple weeks before that, and a couple, like, I, I just, I can't believe where we're at today. It scares me to think where are we going to be by this winter? And well, we're going to be fine. That's the thing. We are going to be fine. And, you know, because we have our priorities in order, we know where we stand with God, we are going to be fine. And so that's the assurance that, that I have. And, Right. You know, right. That I stand on. Um, but we did want to talk about this is something that's happening in Manatee County in Florida that needs everybody's attention. This is, I'm going to be talking about it on my Instagram. It is the craziest, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Same with me. This needs shouted from the rooftops to help this family. Um, all right. So the, there's this woman, her name is Saisha. She, uh, actually was a, was a, um, contestant, I think on, on American Idol. She was like, I think one of the, she got down to like be one of the finalists or something. Anyway, um, she, she had a, she has a a little boy, um, and I think they call him Ra, Mm -hmm. and, uh, he was, uh, he was, I don't know, I think about, I think he's like almost two or something like that. And, um, they didn't give a lot of details as far as that, but anyway, 
she had uh, extended breastfed him and was weaning him off of breastfeeding, had taken him in to the doctor to, you know, just get some, you know, help with, you know, weaning him off of extended breastfeeding. Um, they, for whatever reason, had recommended that he get a B12 injection. Um, and I guess she had asked some questions about, you know, why he needed the B12, you know, what parents do, um, you know, before you stick my kid with a shot, what, you know, tell me what this B12 is about. Why, you know, why would he need it? What, you know, stuff like that. All of a sudden, um, like a, a, a case manager comes in, like a CPS person comes in, uh, tells them that they are going to be taking her child and removing him from their custody because she is refusing the B12 injection. Now, all of this is caught on a recording. Okay, so, you know, them coming in and saying, you know, we're removing him, you're refusing the B12. And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not refusing the B12. I just had questions. Like, I, I'm not saying you can't give him the B12. She gets her husband on the phone. He's like, what's going on? And they're like, you know, your wife is refusing the B12. And he's like, no, we're not. We're not, like, we're not refusing anything. Like, what is going on? You know? Yeah. They end up taking their child away from them over this ridiculous, I mean, something that did not happen. Right. I mean, oh my gosh. This was back in, I believe, March that they removed the child from her home. Um, And they do not have a hearing to get their child back until November. Okay. This was absolutely a medical kidnapping by the hospital, by the physician. And then you think that story is bad enough. And and, and this is, again, like a B12. Like, let's say she refused it, Abby. She didn't. Let's say she was adamantly just saying, no, no, thank you. This is And you can. You can refuse a B12. You can refuse that. And we're, we're saying it's not even like this. When I was explaining it to my husband, he's like, there's something else going on. There's more to the story. I'm like, no, there's really not. He's like, was it a life? There must have been a life threatening thing that they refused. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, so this is, that's just like, what? Yeah. And you think, like, and, and that's what I thought. Like, there's wait a minute. Like when I first saw it, I was like, no, there has to be something else. But no, they have it on audio. They have it recorded. They literally say, we're taking him because you refused a B12. And again, let's let's also credit her more. This in this family, and I've gone through their things. Beautiful, nurturing, holistic family, always in the sun. And oh, nature. video. So video many videos of, of their baby. Family. Happy baby. Healthy. Healthy. Literally, extended breastfeeding, going to get advice on how to make the transition easy, you know. To They're an intact baby. family. Yeah, like what you know, wife, husband, baby, like happy family. All the right things. And they take the baby away. And I just want to add that before you go to even the more like if, if the story can't get worse and more sickening. When they find out, okay, there's no choice, our the baby, you know, our baby our son's being taken, they had even said before you put him in foster care, we have this family member, this family member, this family member that's totally safe and reliable that can take care of our child. Do you know what I mean? If, if you're taking him away, no, refused. Nope. Refused. Refused. And Put him into a foster home that he didn't know anyone. Com- and they had said they chose that was upsetting a completely different racial background. Right. They chose a white family, which was, you know, a big deal for them. I mean, and, and, and. Especially when they had family that, that could have. And, and I, and, you know, and I'll just say, like, I think, you know, um, you know, I think that it's, you know, some people may say, well, who cares? Like they put, they put a a black kid in a white family, but you know what? I think that, um, 
it was important to them. It's important to them. It was important to and, them. And I will say that as a, a mom that does have a biracial child, um, you know, there are things about you, like his skin. There are things that like I had to learn like as a, a white mom, right? Yeah. And so I can see like while while you know they may say that that would be an extra worry. Like, are they gonna know how to take care of him? Are they gonna know how to take care of his hair? Are they gonna know how to take care of his skin? That's just like an extra concern, right? right? Like, and and so that's just something they don't need. They had family that would take care of him. Why didn't they just allow that to happen? You know? Anyway. Okay. So that was that was the first thing. From like March to November, it should not take that long. Oh. Okay. But that's that's what's happening. Okay. All right. Then there's a video, and you can go to um, Saisha's, uh, Instagram. It's like at S Y E S H A. Yep. And the hashtag is hashtag bring raw home R a home. Okay. Now you think, well, this is devastating enough, right? They lose their son. And let me tell you something. He is like the most precious little thing. Just the sweetest little smile. Oh my gosh. It gets worse. They're coming home. They have another baby, a little girl, in in the middle of this. Okay. This beautiful family has a has a little girl. They're coming home. The baby's only a few days old. They're going home. Uh, Saisha's in the back of the car with the baby. Um, I don't know if it was her mother or his mother the father's mother that's in the front seat of the car. Um, You know, she's in the back of the car like you are when you have a newborn, right? Right. Right. Uh, The, the father's in the front driving all of a sudden they're driving, just mind their own business. A swarm of police cars, sheriff's cars surround them. Looks like they're, and this is all caught on live. Looks like it's like a mass. They're trying to capture a mass murderer. Okay. Yeah. Surround them. Okay. Like they're criminals. Like they have a a car full of drugs or something or weapons. Okay. You know, he immediately starts videoing. And let me tell you something. He is the most calm man. I'm like shaking as I'm thinking about it. So composed and calm and respectful. So articulate. Meeting these people. I, I, I would have been in jail. I, I would have been out of control. He's the most calm he must be the kindest. I, man, I, I don't know. I, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. What restraint it takes to do what, how he handled. They come in and they say, um, they say, you know, we found out that you had a baby. And they said, um, you know, snitches. Okay. So they said, we found out that you had a baby and we came to your house to do a well check and on the baby and you didn't let us in. Well, what had happened was I'm sure they had been instructed by their attorney because of what had happened to raw. They, the, the man, the father had told the CPS worker um, you need to talk to our attorney. But they didn't talk to the attorney. Okay. They immediately, instead of talking to the attorney and getting information, they immediately went and got a court order to take their little girl. This newborn. This newborn. So instead of going to the attorney like they should have, like this family requested to get the information, they go straight to a judge, say that they were being noncompliant, which they were not. They have every right to speak through an attorney. We all have that right to speak through an attorney. 
They went straight to a judge, said they were being non-cooperative. This is in Manatee County. Um, they get a court order. They pull them over like criminals in the middle of town as they're on their way home. They make Saisha get out of the car. They make her walk to this stranger's car, put her several-day-old baby in the back of the car. They take her newborn baby away from her. She and asked... The- that she she had asked like she wanted to nurse the baby before they took the baby. Can you even imagine like a baby who's just learning to nurse and to eat? Yeah, she's. I mean, she's a breastfeeding breastfeeding she's, baby. And and her husband is just asking, please, can you step aside? Can can you let my wife nurse our baby? And this and this stupid. I'm not going to use a word I want to use. The stupid woman that's standing back there is like, please put the baby in the car. Please put the baby in the car. Please put the baby in the car. Over and over and over again. No compassion for this mom who is literally having her heart ripped out of her chest as she's having to hand over her baby to strangers. And, and this worker, now, this, this CPS worker is saying, don't worry. We're just taking her. We're just taking her to the hospital to have her checked. And then you'll get her right back. Well, that was, that was a lie. Because now they have taken the baby and they will not have a hearing to get that baby back until September. This is, this is just unthinkable. They have lost both of their babies for no reason. Guys, y'all know me. Y'all know that I am not a person who's like, you know, crying like racial injustice or whatever. But I'm telling you right now, this is happening to these people because of their race. I I fully believe that this woman, Saisha, she has the key to the city. She was like a she's like a hero. She's done anti-bullying programs for she was even yeah. that I've key to the city. I've, been, I've I've helped community members. I've run anti-bullying programs. But she's I'm telling you family I'm telling you, it is, I'm, I mean, I am not one to say this kind of stuff. I'm telling you is because they are black that this is happening to them. And like, I am like, I'm going to personally email Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis. People need to be, I don't even know what to do at this point, but I think we need to all bring awareness to this I'm going to be talking about it on my Instagram. Like everybody needs to be bringing awareness to this. We all need to be using the hashtag. I'm going to be, you know, emailing people. I'm going to be donating to their legal fund. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know anything about these people. Like politically, I don't care. I don't know anything about that. I don't know. it. I don't care. I know that what's happening to them is unjust. I know that the CPS system is broken. I know that this happens to people. Um, the baby was not given to family members. Um, and I know that this happens. We, we hear that this happens. We hear that medical kidnapping takes place. And, and we saw it happen. We saw it happen right there live on Instagram. And I'm telling you the cries that came out of, of Saisha when her baby was taken, like it, it makes every mother's heart. Like it almost made me like physically ill. Same with me. Because you just, you, you can't imagine, but you can just empathize so greatly because you just as a mom you just think oh my gosh like i i can't even imagine what that sort of pain must feel like like physical pain like in her heart in her chest must feel like to have to hand over her baby um and just absolutely zero compassion from from the people who were involved 
Um, it's on, all of this is on her, is on Saisha's Instagram. It's S. We can drop the link. Yeah, it's at S-Y-E-S-H-A. But we're bringing it to people's attention. Um, people need to know about this. The hashtag is hashtag bring raw R-A home. And um, they have on, on Saisha's Instagram, there are all kinds of like there's a there's like a little bubble that says action um you can click on that they've done a really good job of putting like manatee county you know people on there um like their phone numbers and emails and stuff like that i think that we need to be you know flooding them with i mean we're mamas like you know, this could be us. This could be anybody. If they would do this to her, they could do it to us. And I feel like that we need to uh, be supporting this this mom, this family. Uh, we need to be raising our voices for her and, and defending her at this time. And so, you know, I'm going to be spending time this afternoon, like, just making, you know, making a letter. Abby. Cutting and pasting and send emailing everybody I can. I mean, making phone calls. Yeah. I mean, especially you, Abby, with your resources, we have to, you've got to talk to DeSantis. Like, so, do you know what I mean? I, I just can't imagine him not trying to intervene to help rectify this nightmare, like every parent's nightmare. Um, I, in the comments below, this thread, you'll see, I've shared the direct link to her Instagram page, the hashtag you should be using. And I also posted the direct link to the video and it's a 60 minute video her husband recorded. And honestly, it's, it's hard to watch. I, it's just, it's devastating, but people need to be devastated in order to feel her pain, to help this family. Like we all yeah. need to rally around them. And I'll yeah. tell you, and I don't want, I, cause I know our time's limited and I want to talk about something else to Abby. Um, but if I, just because I feel like other people are thinking this, so I want to say this, and this is, so it's going to be like a selfish turn right now, thinking about my children and my family. Um, and I feel like so many other people are thinking of this, but this horrific situation, one of the first things after I was kind of like processing and trying to call myself was, if this is over a B12 shot, oh. what's happening right now, and we don't have the time, nor am I going to get into it. My thoughts are what's being pushed, our medical freedoms mm -hmm. trying to be taken from us. My thought was this is going to get really bad and really scary for so many, for so many. And we're already seeing so many families out of coercion, out of fear, making choices they don't want to make. And I'm gonna leave it at that. But so one, we need to help this family because of the inhumane, absolute injustice that's happening to them. And any mother or father who watches this video should absolutely feel the horrific pain. And, and two, just as um, I feel like any decent person just imagine if that were you and, and it could be us. Like it, I was saying, it could be us. It could be us. It, it could be us next. And so we've got to do everything we can. And so the best thing we can do right now is make as much noise as possible. Share it as much as you can. And um, I'm so grateful to have this. Sometimes I call Abby a shark. She's a lion. She's fierce. <laughs> You know what I mean? I know she and I, and I know Abby's resources and contacts are limitless that we're just going to do whatever we can. Um, so please take a look at that, pray for them, share their story like crazy to get these hearings immediate. I just, I don't even, I just can't imagine. Um, now I did want to, I want to, to end with this. So 
I currently have COVID. Um, we've had it for like almost a week. Um, totally fine. We're, we're totally fine. All 10 of us and our family have it. Um, but I wanted to share what we did. Okay. Because I'm like pretty much back to a hundred percent. I, I mean, I really am back to a hundred percent. I mean, Abby was great. She was doing so good every day. Like I, um, we, I had a positive test on, uh, the 12th and, uh, like I'm really totally fine. And so I, I want to, sh I want to share with everybody. Now I know it's different for everybody and, and all this kind of stuff, but I, you know, I was diagnosed, uh, I went to, uh, I went to, a, a thing for work actually. And, and actually got it from a woman who was vaccinated. Shocker. Um, and, uh, you know, she just, she had like some sniffles, but she thought, oh, well, it's not COVID because I've been vaccinated, right? Mm -hmm. And then a whole bunch of us from my work ended up getting it. Um, and I did, I did far better than everybody else who ended up getting it, but I did a different thing than everybody else did. And so I wanted to share it because this could be you getting COVID. And so I just wanted to tell everybody what I did um, in case you end up getting, getting COVID. And this is like, you know, I'm just, just take it or leave it. I'm not a doctor. So I'm not like giving medical advice. I'm just telling you what I did. Okay. So first of all, um, we had, we, we did get the at home Binax tests they're only like 20 bucks and you get two tests in a, in a kit. And so we got several of those. Um, I had gotten a couple of those to keep at home just in case like you ever just needed like a quick test and they seem to be accurate. So um, we had some of those at home. Um, and so that gave us like a, you know, like a positive test very early. So we didn't have to like wait and go to a, you know, office and tests and all this kind of stuff. Okay. So, um, so as soon as I started like feeling like, uh, okay, maybe something, I got a headache first off. Um, and, uh, I called the, um, America's frontline doctors and, or I, I went online to America's Frontline Doctors and you can um, make an appointment with them and it's $90 and you make an appointment and you tell them all your symptoms. They call you and they called me in uh, a prescription. And so they called me in ivermectin. They called me in a Z-Pack and they called me in prednisone, a steroid. And so I took um, three days worth of ivermectin. So I took six pills of ivermectin for three days. It's based on weight. Um, I took five days of prednisone and then I took a Z-Pack. Okay. And that's to prevent like the COVID pneumonia. Okay. So I took all three of those. I immediately started taking 325 milligrams of aspirin, which I'm still taking because COVID makes your blood sludgy. Okay. So like it makes it thick. And, um, and so it, you have an increased risk of blood clots. So that's why you take the aspirin because it helps thin your blood. So I immediately started taking 325 milligrams of aspirin. I also immediately started taking, um, high dose of zinc um, Q certain, which I already was, I was already taking these things, but I right. started taking a higher dose. Right. So zinc, Q certain, uh, magnesium, vitamin C, uh, vitamin D. And then I continue to take my, my multivitamin. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I started taking higher doses of all of that. And, um, and then, I mean, within like three days, um, I really felt back to normal. And then yesterday, which was, um, let me see. Day four. That was one, two, three, four. Day four, um, I had a a vitamin IV. So I um, had a, they have these like mobile yeah. nurses that will come right. to your house. Right. And so I had one of those come to my house and they gave me like a, like a big dose yeah. of vitamin C, zinc, mag, you know, like it's like a big cocktail of vitamins um, in an IV. And, that- and you're not like, you're not super hungry when you have COVID. So, you know, I was probably like maybe a little dehydrated too, cause you just don't have much of an appetite. And so they, um, they gave me like, you know, a big dose of that. They gave me a bag of saline, big dose of vitamins, and they gave me a B12 injection. And I'm telling you like today, I'm like, nothing. I'm like really back to normal. I've got good energy. Um, I never had like lung problems. I never had like a shortness of breath. I never had, but I'm telling you guys, it was because I got on it immediately. Right. I called those frontline doctors immediately. I went out in the sun every day. They tell you like, go out in the sun every day for about 10 to 15 minutes. I went out in the sun I did everything that I was supposed to do. Everything that those frontline doctors told us to do, I did it. And, you know, you can say that they're conspiracy theorists or whatever, but everything that they told me to do, I did it. And I'm well, like I'm back to 100%. And Doug did the same thing. He's well. My kids were all well. So we did everything that they told us to do and all 10 of us are back to normal. So I'm just saying, do um, what they tell you to do. Right. right. It works. And, and I think that it worked for us anyway. Right. Right. And, and that's 10 people. So that's a pretty yeah. good, right. That's, that's a pretty good case study. I think. <laughs> Like 10 people. (laughs) Right. right, Totally. And Abby has like children of all ages from ages 14. And, um, and I think, and I think it's good to hear this because we don't hear about this a lot. We don't, it's a lot of it is censored the treatments for it. A lot of the doctors who share that all of their patients, um, have survived because of how they treated them. I know it's, censored quite often. We don't want to hear. So, you know, big the social media sites don't want to hear about the treatments for it. Um, and someone has just said that was my husband. He was improved within 24 hours. Ivermectin. Yep. Ipramax, prednisone, same thing. Zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C does wonders. Um, and- I actually do have asthma, Shannon. And, um, I thought, you know, I'm probably going to have to use like my nebulizer or something like that. And I didn't. So I, I don't know, like I, and, and Doug actually had more the non-asthmatic. He actually had more like stuff, like more congestion. I didn't have like really any congestion in my lungs. He had more like stuff that he was coughing up. Mm-hmm. Um, than I did, right. and but I'm an asthmatic, and I didn't have, I didn't have anything. So I'm glad you shared that. And now, um, I you know I keep telling Abby as we talked every day. I'm like, you're so lucky, Abby, because now as you guys are getting through it, and they were just already like getting better. I'm like, you were gonna be the most protected people out there. You <laughs> Best spot. They got it over with. They now have these antibodies. So I'm like, way to go. Now you guys. I know. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped. Like I know. Over the hump. 
everyone's doing well, they are in the best position out of anybody out there more than more than the vaccinated. They have the natural immunity. They have the antibodies. So I kept encouraging her. Abby's one of my best friends. I'm like, now look, you're through it. You're over the hump. You yeah. antibodies. So her family, all of them, they're in the best position that anybody can be. So yeah. So I don't know. The ivermectin's a miracle. So do I mean just it's worth I mean it's worth paying like if you don't have a doctor, you know, that will do the that will do the script for you. Oh, and let me tell you this too. CVS and Walgreens, most CVS and Walgreens will not fill the ivermectin. So, you know, you can't even explain that. Like get you can't even make that make sense. It's ivermectin is a very common medication. It's been filled billions and billions and billions of times until now. Now they won't fill it. You know, they say, I've listened to several doctors who talk about trying to get their message out about how to treat people with this. Um, and ivermectin is safer than Tylenol. Yeah. They said it's safer than Tylenol. So, but again, we're, we're not supposed to be putting that out there. And Abby and I only want to help people who are, who are living in, living in fear. And what if this happens to my family? What if this happens to me? You know, they're only seeing the fear that is being pushed out by the media. And so this is not to say there aren't people who have more serious conditions. Yeah, we're sure. Trying, we're just trying to put out that this, and I even told Abby, I'm like, is it, like, is my, I'm like, okay, what's happening? What did you do? Oh, you called them. You got this. Perfect. I've heard of that just to be prepared. And again, a key because Abby and her husband were so on top of it at the beginning. Okay. Boom frontline doctors. We're going to do this. We're going to do everything they said. They dealt with it accordingly and timely. And so but many I'm telling you the key, one of the keys is getting on these three medications early, right? Yes. Ivermectin, yes. an antibiotic, an antibiotic, a Z-Pak will help prevent the COVID pneumonia, right? That is the key to not getting COVID pneumonia. COVID pneumonia is what makes you really, really sick. Sure. That's what puts you in the hospital. That's what puts you on, you know, that's what puts you on a vent. That's what puts you on oxygen. That's what decreases your oxygen sat. That's what gets you in the hospital is the COVID pneumonia. So you, that's, that's why the, the frontline doctors, they do these three things. So it's, that's why they do. That's why they, they couple these th three things. That's why they've been saying that from the beginning. And they have such success with all. And that's why they have the success they do is because they always put these three things together. It's this trio winning combo. It's the, it's, I mean, yes, the supplements matter. Okay. And we've been taking the supplements this whole time. Okay. The supplements are good, but these three things, if you want to stay out of the hospital, if you, if you want to, to get through this quickly, without it settling into COVID pneumonia, you got to have these three things. It's the ivermectin, the, the antibiotic, the Z-Pak is what they usually put you on. And the prednisone, the steroid, that's what opens up the capillaries in your lungs, all the bronchioles and bronchioli tubes in your, in your lungs. You need those three things. That's what prevents it from setting into COVID pneumonia. So you can say, well, I took this, but I don't care. You got to have all three of these things is, to really make the difference for it not to set into COVID pneumonia. The triple threat cocktail. It's the, yeah, it's that cocktail. So I don't know about taking it while pregnant. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think you can. Um, I don't know. You'd have to Google it and, and look at it. I know you can take prednisone. I know you can take the Z-Pak. I don't know about ivermectin. So I, I think you can, it's super safe. I think it's, I, I think it's like at least a class C, but you'd have to look it up. Yeah. So, all right, guys, This was. I'm just, I'm just telling you what worked for me. I, you know, I'm an asthmatic. I've got, you know, I mean, I'm not like in perfect health. I got other, you know, I take meds. I got, right. I'm just telling you what worked for me and for my family of 10. Right. And it kept all of us safe. None of us in the hospital. None of our oxygen sats got below 99. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. 
that's a pretty good case study, I think. And, but we did everything those frontline doctors told us to do. So it makes a difference. So. Well, thank you, Abby. I'm glad you shared that with us. And um, I hope that it can also put some more people at ease, you know, um, knowing there is, there are treatments that work successfully every time, especially done in, in a timely, um, when you do it early enough, it, yep. it works, it treats it. And so, um, so I'm so glad you were able to, to share that with us. Yep. All right, my friends. So Abby and I will, um, we'll talk to everybody next week, but stay tuned. Abby and I will, um, on Abby's personal social media and here at The Real Deal of Parenting. We'll try to be active in our stories. We'll get some things out, how you can be more helpful with Saisha and her family and her children. Um, we'll keep you guys updated on both of our platforms and be praying for them. Share the heck out of their Thanks page, for joining story. us for today's episode. Um, We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation to beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at therealdealofparenting.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Go to therealdealofparenting.com and sign up in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. Let's talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. Have a good week. Bye.